Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's the beautiful Tuesday evening. We are recording today because Tuesdays are for troublemakers, and I'm super excited because it's not only Brooke and I today causing some trouble. Oh, no. We have our first guest on the episode coming in later. They're our friends, Tia and Kelly. I'm super excited. They're going to give us a new perspective that we haven't really talked about yet. You know, Brooke and I, when we talk about dating, we can really only talk about our own experiences, which have been with only males. And so these two girls are coming on and they are currently in a relationship with each other. And I'm super excited to kind of hear about that. I don't really know much about their backstory. Hear about that. Tia's going to tell us about some of her relationships that she's experienced with the different genders and kind of what she's seen and how they treat their significant others and their partners and really the different approaches that they take to relationships. Kelly, Kelly is going to come out and tell us some thoughts. She's got some wild (laughs) thoughts about how men treat women. women. And she really, like, I'm ready. She's got her five tips for how to make heteros go from zeros to heroes. And I'm ready for it. I'm super excited. Our first guest, we are coming out with a bang. Everybody, put your hands together for Tia and Kelly. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Tia. Hi, and I'm Kelly. And together, we're We're Tia Tia and Kelly. Kelly. Super hyped to be here today. A dynamic <laughs> duo almost as infamous as PB and J. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome to the show, Tia and Kelly. I'm so excited to have you all here today. Um, why don't you kick us right off and tell us how you two got together and how your relationship started? All right. For, uh, I guess, some background, we met in college. Our very first year, we lived across the hall from each other. And our very first semester, we were actually friends. We were really good friends. We had a trio with this boy who also lived with us. We called ourselves the Holy Trinity. Is this and Chess Man? This is Chess Man. Chess Man. Chess Man. It is. And I completely thought Tia was straight. Did not think she was a homosexual at all. <laughs> and one day, I'm like, hey, do you want to watch this Vanessa Hudgens movie with me and make hot chocolate? <laughs> and I was like, sure. Didn't really think anything of it because we were, like, friends. And, like, in my head, she's straight. So I'm like, there's... There's, yeah, like this is fine. Mm-hmm. So we're watching the Vanessa Hudgens movie. Something cute happens. I put my head on her shoulder and like puts, okay, puts her head on my shoulder and like wraps around my arm. And I went, hold on, hold on. What is this? I was like, why is she touchy? Does she like me? Is she gay? I don't know what's going on. I'm very confused. Mm-hmm. And then, and then about a few weeks later, we're all going home for winter break and I'm washing dishes in the kitchen and I get a text from her and she goes, hey, do you want a co-pilot for like coming back up at the end of winter break? And I was like confused because she's from Wisconsin and I'm from South Florida. So like, I don't understand how that was going to work. So then basically she flies down a few days early of winter break to come spend time at my house with my family and all that and see like all of like Miami, like Fort Lauderdale area. And I'm like, no, like, we're friends. Like, there's no way she's straight. And all my friends are telling me, are how stupid are you? Like, she's gay. She totally likes you. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 she's straight. And they're like, you're dumb. And then I pick her up. Nothing really much. That night. And then that night, we're, like, watching a movie. A romance movie. Do you remember which one? No, but it was a sad romance movie. 
Yeah, and I like kind of have this thing where I like high five people, and I high five her, and she grips onto my hand, and then I'm like holding it back, and she doesn't let go, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, what is happening? First, I have this head on my shoulder, and now she's holding my hand. I don't know what's going on. I'm like very confused. And then, like, as the day go on, like, we're doing different things. And it's, like, oh, like, and she's, like, kind of flirty with me, kind of not. I, like, ask her, like, oh, like, what's your relationship? Like, what's the update with that? And she completely starts talking about her best friend. And I was, like, all right, this is not not what I wanted. This is not helpful information at all. And I go, well, I have to find out if she's gay. I have to figure this out. So somehow we're hanging out. It's me, her, and my best friend, like, spend the day together. And somehow we're talking about One Direction. And she was talking about, like, oh, like, yeah, I, like, really like them, but I never, like, wanted to marry one of them, you know? Like, I just, like, I didn't have a favorite. And I said, I'm going to be smart. And I went, ah, so you were the gay kind of fan. And she went, yeah. And I went, huh? And she went, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) And I was, like, hook, line, sinker, figured it out, you're gay. And then we dropped my best friend off. And as we're driving back, I go, hey, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But, like, just was curious, like, are you gay? And she was like, yeah. We had this whole, like, deep kind of talk about it. But, like, I didn't want to make a move. Like, that was rude. Like, just wanted to know, like, I'm here for you. Like, trying to figure out your sexuality. Like, I'm, like, someone you can talk to. And then we spend one more day together. And then, I, and then the next day, we're, like, complete, like, I'm really trying to flirt with her. And then, like, I, like, figured out she was gay, and it was, like, the green light in my head was, like, go, you can hit on her. And then all these feelings I had from her fall semester just come flooding in, and I was, like, oh, my God, I really Aww. do like her. Like, but in my head, I was, like, no, she's straight. So, like, I, like, completely, like, avoided it or whatever. And then I was, like, oh, my God, like, I could see, it, like, something happening. I take her to go see the sunset on top of a hill and we like start talking about like the future. I ask her, hey, so when do you begin? When do you, when are you thinking of starting a family? What kind of house would you like? How many kids would you want? How many pets do you want? (laughs) Tia said, I'm coming out the gate strong. (laughs) She said, I'm coming in swinging. (laughs) And I'm like not looking at her because I'm blushing. Like I'm bright red and I was like, I really like her and I don't want to come off as weird. Like she just told me she was gay. Like, 18 hours ago like what do I do <laughs> and somewhere in the middle of this I start holding her hand on like yeah I'm just like oh hand so it's like for me to hold third time she's held my hand and I'm like all right I need to make a move because when we all come back to college we live in like a pod and it's like very much like a group dynamic and we like never hung out alone in the fall so I was like I have no idea how this is gonna happen so we're in my room and she's just like has like the sillies or something. It's like going off, like just being like the clown, being goofy. And I was like, okay, what can I say? What can I do? So I turn and look at her and she's like like screaming, laughing about something. And I look at her and I go, oh, so do I have to kiss you to shut you up? And she just stares at me. And I went, oh. Uh. And in my head, I was like, if I kiss this girl, I will never kiss another person ever. I was like, she will be my first last. Like, she's the one. <laughs> Damn, Kelly's smooth oh with it. Oh my god! My mouth is on the phone. Same. Oh my gosh. I could never. The amount of smoothness <laughs> that just came out of that. But I didn't kiss her because she kind of just stared at me. So I was like, I don't know if that's a yes. I'm going to go with the no. I I don't have the green Consent light. Consent is key. Consent is key. Consent is key. Right. Love that. So I can I- just see the panic in, in Tia's face and eyes. As a fellow awkward person who likes to fumble the ball, you're just like, 
I don't know, I'm frozen in time, but I really want them to make the move, but I don't know how to vocalize that. Yes, it was exactly that. I was like, if I was in a movie, this would be a freeze frame. And all the little (laughs) Tia's inside my brain would just be running around like, where's the yes button? We dropped it. We fumbled it. (laughs) As somebody who likes to throw the bold move out on impulse and then gets that reaction and tries to backtrack, Kelly, I feel for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I don't end up kissing her after the first time I say it, but I do say it two more times. And I can kind of tell by like the third time, like, I'm like, I think I have the yes. So I finally just straight up kiss her and she kisses me back or whatever. And then I finally pull away and I look at her and I'm like, all right, clown. So how long have you liked me? And she's like, what? What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then I'm like, I just want to be kissed more. And then the rest is history. Now we're as dynamic as PB and J. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh that's so cute okay so i i have a question yes okay so we've kind of talked about this briefly but how do you know like if if someone if one of your friends like how do you know if they're gay how do you flirt with a woman like how does that work um, honestly and I know it's, like, the answer no one wants to hear. You can kind of tell someone's, like, if you're gay, like, you have a gaydar, like, it's 100% real. Like, you can just tell. Like, when people are, like, I kind of had a feeling Tia was, like, when we, fir- like, first came to college. But I was, like, mm, she only ever talked about boys. Like, didn't really hint about girls. So that's why I was, like, no. But always, like, had that, like, itch in my, like, back of my head. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it's kind of hard. I mean, there's definitely, like, people, like, can dress a certain way, like, this and that. Um. I don't know. The more like visual cues, uh, short nails is not one of them. That I that's one of them. I just like the tucked in shirt, like rolled jeans. Like I don't know. It's also really hard because there's so many different types of gays, and like you don't have to label them. And it's just like you can dress however you want and identify however you want. But like you just kind of know. And honestly, if you're ever confused, you can always just ask someone, and they'll like answer. It's also kind of like I feel like it's a subconscious vibe, and yes. I don't know how to explain it. But you kind of get a subconscious vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Basically, if you're a heterosexual, you're not going to get the vibe. But if you are a homosexual, you're going to be like, that person, I can get with them. You're going to freeze frame okay. and you're going to be like. Freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. With the yes button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Brooke. I was going to say, I have a question. Um, because. Kelly, you identify as a lesbian, and Tia, you identify as bi, right? Yeah, I'm trying to, like, kind of figure it out, but we're, you know, we're here dating a woman, woman dating woman. Yeah. (laughs) So my question is, how has basically flirting and getting into a relationship with within the same sex differed from flirting and, like, any past relationships you've had with, like, a heterosexual? So for me, it was really funny because I, like... In high school, any relationship that I was in, it was always, like, them approaching me first, and I just felt so, like, not with it, I guess. Or I was just like, oh, all my friends, like, really like having boy attention, so I guess I should like boy attention, too? I don't know. And I always kind of felt, it was kind of, like, a scared, but it wasn't, like, the good kind, like, exciting scared. It was more of the, "Mm, I guess, kind of scared. And then when Kelly was kind of flirting with me and when we had our little, like, three-day quote-unquote vacation when I went to go visit her it was kind of like the exciting scared where I was like wow if I really like this person like I'm going to fall hard and I was like oh that's kind of 
and exciting scary but yeah does that make sense yeah so kind of like almost mistaking fear for attraction yeah little bit little bit interesting okay I think that's that's really interesting for me because I think that that is something that a lot of a lot of women kind of experience and it's not good (laughs) (laughs) to put it I think that that's a fair point to make because I know like with a lot of women I think that kind of gets into the point of where we have different types uh, and like the preferences that we have for our partners which I guess goes across all um, sexual orientations and that there's certain characteristics that we look for in partners that makes that distinction when you realize it the first time of kind of what a fearful attraction is very in comparison to like what an actual like romantic excited attraction is yes yeah right. yeah and then one more thing I want to add it was kind of like when I because, you know, I'm in high school, it's first relationship, whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I deserved. I didn't know, like, really, I didn't know anything. There was no, hey, this is how you should date. Like, this is what dating is handbook. It was just kind of like homecoming, prom, all that good stuff. So, yeah. And then there was the homecoming proposal. And it was like, oh, we're going to homecoming together. I guess we're dating. And I was like, I guess we're, uh, <laughs> we're what? <laughs> and yeah. And then I came to college, and there's no homecoming. There's no prom. There's just flirting. It's just Kelly. (laughs) It's just Kelly. So, okay, how long have y'all been dating at this point? Almost 14 months. Yeah, a little over 13 months. Okay, so how do you, because I guess in college, like, I've never been in a serious relationship in college. And that was really, for me, I could never, like, I made the choice to know myself that I would never really be able to make the like make that person a priority because I had so much going on. So how do y'all balance your relationship, your classes, internships, jobs, and still kind of keep that spark? We do have dinner together every night, or at least we try. I think we've been doing pretty well on that. We usually like make dinner together because like I also have like a job where I like work in a lab and then I have my classes, she has hers, and, like, sometimes, like, if we can meet up for lunch, we do, but usually, like, we kind of make, like, dinner time, like, our time together. We take the time to, like, cook the food and then eat and, like, talk together and, like, wash dishes. We definitely spend a lot of time together, but it's also not, like, time spent together. Like, we'll sit together for, like, three hours, and we're doing homework, so I don't really count that as, like, time together, but I don't I think we just make each other, like, a priority and, like, just show, like, interest. Like, I'm always, like, my favorite part of every day is, like, coming home and then hearing about Tia's day and be like, what did you do today? And like having like an in-depth, like an hour conversation talking about our days and be like, oh my God, this happened. And this person said that. And I think that really stems from because fun fact, I asked Tia to be my girlfriend like two months after that. And when I asked her to be my girlfriend, six days later, we go into a five month long distance because the pandemic happened. So we really had to learn like how to make time for each other. Like while also like doing stuff during the day and like having a time change and being like over a thousand miles apart. So I think it's just like, you know, taking the time like to appreciate and like really listen and like pay attention to the other. Yeah. And being really supportive, that really helps because we're in two very different majors and we do two very different things with our lives, but both of neither of us like put the other one down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my next question that I had. What advice would you give for couples who are currently struggling with communication and supporting each other because 
like one is changing and one is evolving and college is about really growing and finding your passion. So like, if you could give a piece of advice to those couples, what, like, what would you say? Kelly loves saying communication and I also love communication. And if communicating face-to-face is hard because, you know, I know, I know communicating face-to-face can be hard sometimes. A little sticky note note or like a letter, Kelly when Kelly asked me out, she asked me out with this like six page love letter to communicate all her feelings. Cause she was like, if I tell you this face to face, I will cry. And yeah. And so now, well, we've gotten better at communicating face to face, but at the beginning it was like a little sticky note here. Like, Hey, I'm feeling this way because of X, Y, Z, just so you're aware, like heads up. Yeah. Like a text message. It's all about like, you, you do have to communicate and like, it doesn't have to be like face to face. Like that does take time, but you have to like, definitely like put the time aside like to be emotionally vulnerable which I think like sharing your feelings is like most vulnerable anyone could be but like you just got to find ways that work for you I really struggled with talking about my feelings I really didn't like doing that ever since I was like younger and I used to like like I liked writing so I would send like to you maybe like a long text message explaining everything or I'd write like a note like we went back and forth and we just like as we got more comfortable with each other and like had more trust like we just had that talk like face to face but you really do just have to put yourself out there. And like, if you really think this relationship's worth it, like you have to take that leap of faith and put like all your trust in it. If you think it, if you want it to last, like you have to be like emotionally vulnerable with each other. And sometimes if I want to talk, but not write, but not look in the, like look in her face, I'm like, Hey, we're going to lay down on the floor and we're just going to stare at the ceiling and I'm going to talk. She's like, okay, I know something's bothering you. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. So as a heterosexual person, I think communication is something that of relationships to go south because I think like women communicate so differently than men. And I think yes. that causes a lot of problems because, you know, if a man turns away from you or he starts doing something else while you're trying to talk about how okay, maybe, you know, I felt disrespected when you did this in front of your friends or whatnot. And they kind of feel like their stories and their feelings are being invalidated because he's moving on and maybe she doesn't know that he has to stay busy or he's listening or whatever. So I think communication is very important. And I think that's a very good thing to state. I also think choosing the format and method that you're most comfortable in is also something good to know I didn't even think of that because I know for me like me and Kelly we struggle with (laughs) our feelings and talking Mm -hmm. about them yeah and so really for me which it sounds like you do the same writing it out has always been very helpful for me because then I can kind of disassociate from it and disconnect myself from what I'm feeling yeah, no, I definitely like writing it out. And also, like, if you're not ready to talk about it, like, there are days where I'm, like, sad. And I'll just text you and be like, hey, like, I'm sad right now. And I'm not ready to talk about it yet. But I just want you to be aware. So, it's like, just so, like, she has the heads up, like, hey, she's not doing anything wrong. But, like, just being, like, or be, or I've texted her be like, hey, can I talk to you about something later? Like, it's bothering me. Like, nothing about you. But just, like, you just have to be open and, like, have to make sure, like, everyone's, like, informed. If not, like, feelings are going to get hurt. And that's when you start assuming things. But you just got to find, like... What works best for you? I was just going to say, I really like the the finding, like, finding your own way to communicate because everybody does communicate differently. And I like how, I know you talked about it before, like, you really like to write things down. And I think that um, even, like, within, like, verbal communication styles or, like, digital, everybody 
like knowing how your partner communicates and being comfortable in that, even if it's not necessarily the most comfortable for you, but creating that space so that they can be vulnerable and open up their feelings, I think is really important as well. Yeah. So I was wondering how it is for the both of you being in a same sex relationship, but with different sexual orientations. It was very funny. Our first semester, not our first semester, after right after we started dating, because we still had in-person classes at that time. And so I had like people in my classes and one of them lived in our building and they like had this fat, like not fat crush on me, but like they would follow. No, 100% were obsessed with you. Okay. I was so mad. Anyways. It's, um, well also like, cause I was also like, I was openly out, like everyone knew I was gay and like Tia was still trying to figure it out. Also wasn't sure if she was gay. Well, according to my knowledge, I didn't know, like she wasn't sure if she was gay or not. So I looked at her and I was like, Hey, like. Cause we were all like literally the next day after I kissed her, we we're like driving back up for school. And I like told her like that night and I was like, Hey, like however fast, however slow you want to take this, like you let me know, like we don't have to like walk back in and everyone knows we're together. Like it's all up to you, whether you want to like hold hands in public, whether you want to like be seen together. Like if you want it more private, like it's all up to you. Like you figure it out. Like, I'm sure in my sexuality also, we can figure out if this is like just a fling thing over winter break or if it's like serious. So funny because we didn't even talk to each other during winter break, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and so then we came back, and because I thought I had this presumption that when I realized that I was gay, it would be this like another freeze phrase, freeze frame moment in my life where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gay, I like both genders, or I, you know, like I'm open to everything, and I thought that I would feel different. I thought something in me would be like quote unquote awoken or something like in the movies you know when it zooms in on the eyes and it's like oh my gosh but really I just I just felt more like me if anything and yeah and so then so now we're going to classes and everything and different I guess but sometimes it's like when we're watching a movie and I'm like oh he's so cute so for example we were watching Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like Kelly I think I realized that I like both genders when I saw this movie because Bella Swan and Orlando Bloom or Will Turner, whatever, whatever we want to call them. Swan. Elizabeth Swan. Oops. Already <laughs> put some respect on her. Put some respect on Karen like, Knightley. Oh yes, my yes, gosh. Yes. Oops. But yeah, I was like, oh, because I just thought both of them were just so attractive. And Kelly was like, gay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I had no man. idea. And she was like, oh, I can't believe you like Orlando Bloom. Oh my gosh. You like men. <laughs> <laughs> She said yeah. it's Orlando Bloom for me. <laughs> no, I was not with it. And there were a bunch of times Tia, like, is still, like, straight, like, presenting. So, like, she doesn't come off. Like, people look at her and, like, can't really tell she's gay. So a lot of boys like to come and just, like, hit on her and start talking to her. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, I leave her alone for 10 seconds. No, I kid y'all not. I was studying outside. And this kid comes up to me and says, hey, can you watch my stuff? Leaves. Comes back with two candy bars and says... I got you something for watching my stuff. We're study oh, buddies now. What? And I was oh. like, I was like, oh, I have to go meet my girlfriend for lunch. Bye. Have you ever encountered a guy, Tia, who has like tried to make a conquest out of you and be like, oh, you don't really like women. Like I can change that. Thankfully, no, because all the guys that come after me are very like, they're like the shy, nerdy, like geeky kind. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. been like three or four. Ooh, I was going to say, has there ever been a situation where the guy may not believe you? Because a I lot of like- times if girls don't want a guy's attention, they're just like, oh, I'm gay. Or like, oh, I have a girlfriend. Um, Do they ever like think you're lying? 
at the beginning when we were first dating there was this one kid in one of my classes and he just didn't pick up on it like I wasn't super ready to be out but it was kind of obvious that Kelly and I were like a thing like we'd hold pinkies down the hallway or around campus or something and this kid just had no clue yeah we were always like hanging out together and he was just like he would just like we're all like hanging out for valentine's watching a movie and he just shows up at her door or like t and i are like doing homework like having dinner together and he shows up like to have dinner or like work on their quiz together because a quiz he already took and got a hundred on but wanted to help her in her class and i was like every time you see her like outside of class like she's always with me and it wasn't like, and like, we're kind of like a little too close together, you know, like very obvious, like there's something going on and it just would always go over his head and like, didn't realize, but I also like, couldn't say anything to Tia because technically she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. And she genuinely like had no clue this kid, like had the hugest crush on her. And I'm just like in my head internally, like screaming, like, I want this man gone, but like, I can't say anything because she's not my girlfriend. And then when we went home for COVID or like whenever, when our spring break turned into a forever quarantine, <laughs> um, I went home and I told a few of my close friends and I don't think none of them told me that they didn't believe me, but some of them definitely did not believe me until Kelly came to visit me for July 4th. They would just be like, okay, Tia, because that was also another thing. All of my friends, wanted, or a few of them, they were like, oh, well, I totally kiss a girl. I totally date a girl. But, you know, like, there's no girl out there for me. And then all of a sudden I find the girl for me. And they're like, hmm, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then they saw and they were like, oh, okay, I guess. Did, did you ever receive any backlash from any of your friends at home or at college, like between y'all's shared friends? from like our shared friends in college no one I no one really like outwardly says anything to us there are definitely like some of Tia's roommates or things who definitely were just like oh like they're like best friends and then it kept going on as we came back for our second year and they were like wait they're actually like together like this isn't like some fling thing so I guess we have like some like kind of like hidden judgment that people don't want to say and that they're uncomfortable but won't tell us Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people misunderstand like us loving each other for us just being super good gal pals. Yeah, <laughs> they just think we're really good friends, and I'm like, okay. She said, "No, I'm gay. <laughs> try again." I'm like, I definitely treat um her better than your boyfriend ever will treat you, but please try again. So on that note, Kelly, since you brought it up, I'm gonna seize the moment. So we did promise our viewers, not our viewers, our listeners, listeners. in the previous episode that you were going to give the heteros some tips on how to go from zeros to heroes, as I like to call it. So pull out your list. I've got my note taken pad ready and hit us with how we can transform our relationships into healthy ones instead of these toxic situationships that are going nowhere in life. Yes, okay. I did write them down, so I have my list ready. Um, the first one, which we've already kind of talked about a lot, I said actually communicate effectively and talk about your feelings. And I guess we've already kind of touched on it, but I was just gonna be like, actually, like take the time and like talk and like don't just try to like be passive aggressive here or make a comment here in front of your friends. Like, if you want something to work, you have to understand like what the other person is feeling. Hmm. I think that's good, and I think. For me, I feel like I'm always an over-communicator than an under-communicator. And it's like even when I, because one of my most frequent emotions that I 
feel, as we all know, would be one of anger and frustration. (laughs) (laughs) And so typically I'm very vocal about it. But when I get like really angry with someone, I go dead silent. Like I go dead silent. I can't look you in the eye. Like that's your clue. If I ever do that to you, you got to give me a moment. Like know it in your head. Because I just, I don't want to say something, you know, that I'm going to regret and say it to that person. And I feel like that is also like those physical signals that maybe you can't vocalize because you're not ready yet or you don't know how you feel. You just feel something. I feel like that's also something very important to like communicate as well. That's funny yes. that you said that. Um, that's I do the same exact thing. Like literally word for word, you were saying like Tia looked at me and was like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." Yeah, <laughs> and that was something that Tia and I like. I told her I was like, which like the first time it happened, it kind of threw her off guard. And then after, like, I was ready to talk talk about, it, and I was like, "By the way, like, just so you know, like, I like to remove myself from a situation if like I know I'm getting heated and I'm gonna say something that's gonna hurt my feelings, whatever." And we've like talked about it talks about how she feels about it and like things I can do different. So it was just like communicating like certain things, like this is how I react to this or this is how I handle this situation. And it's important to note that like, just because like when you were alone, like that worked for you, but maybe like the part, your partner, like, isn't like, that makes them feel a certain way. You kind of have to adjust and maybe like twink the way you handle things to make sure like, so like feeling good and like under like have that understanding of like okay they're doing this not because they're mad at me or like something like they're doing this for like their mental like state yes i agree i love I think that. that adds back into your comment of communicating via methods that work best for you and communicating those methods that you need correct the keyword is effectively yes bold underline italicize what's the second tip you've got for us The second I have is to actually listen to what your partner is saying and always to make sure that they're comfortable. Like, don't say like, oh, like people like to be like, oh, yes, communicate. Like, I love to see that everywhere. And then people like actually don't. And like, you have to really like take the time and listen and like understand what they're saying and like making sure like that person like feels like they can trust you and they can like tell you all these feelings or all their thoughts and like feel like you're actually listening, you're understanding them and they're not just like super anxious about it. Yeah, communication has two parts. It has the talking part, and then there's the listening and understanding part. Good Lord knows I need some help on that (laughs) listening part. I think that is super important. I think everybody thinks of communication as just communicating how you're feeling and not necessarily receiving how somebody else is, like, feeling or what they're doing. And I think making sure that you are – doing both is so important in a relationship because you can't improve what you're doing without hearing from the other person. Okay. All right. What's tip three? My third trip, my third tip is don't be afraid to be romantic. Don't talk a big game and just do it. Cause like, just take the time to be like, I don't know, like show your feelings. Like how I asked you to be my girlfriend. I had six dates written down and they're all of the dates are significant. And I wrote about like, so like one of them was like the first time I kissed her, the first time we said, I love you. First time we found like our song, the first time I realized I was like falling for her and like the actual date and like just be cute and just own it and like do it. Don't say like, oh, I think love letters are cute and then like never do it. Or I think like going to a park or going to like see the stars, like go and do it. Like don't be shy. Like this is your significant other. This is your romantic partner. Like don't be afraid to like show your feelings and like do something really cute to make them feel special. Because I think that's something that is very much lost in relationships between men and women because I I know me 
like my love language is through giving gifts. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's how I ex- express my love. I'll see something, I'll think of you and I'll be like, oh my gosh, hey, you like vinyl records and you also <laughs> like Broadway productions. Here's a vinyl record of a Broadway production that I know you like. By the way, I kind of have feelings for you. And then it's like, that's that. But then I don't like to receive gifts. Like receiving gifts makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would much rather get a letter or them to like take me to the gas station and be there because I'm afraid of gas stations because I'm a woman and creepy things happen at gas stations. So like for me, it's more of an act of service that I like to return. And I think that like you're saying, like being romantic is not only about the big gestures that come around on birthdays and Valentine's Day. It's about what you do in between those dates. I also really love that because I feel like there's such a like stigma for being romantic, especially for men with like, oh, you know, he's such a simp for her or whatever. But like, yes, be romantic. Like show this is supposed to be like your woman. Show her that you care and like how you care for her. Yeah, 100%. I don't know why people are so scared. Like, I'm in love with her. Like, I don't know what she want. Like, yes, did I spend hours making this, like, CD for her? Like, 100%. Like, you just have to own it. And, like, I think people look too much, like, focus too much on, like, what people are going to judge them for or what everyone else thinks. And, like, it doesn't matter what they think because they're not in the relationship. So why does their opinion matter? Yeah, and the fake complaining that I hear all these heterosexual couples doing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If Kelly did that to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But she would never. What do you mean fake yeah. complaining? You lost the, me on that one. It's the, uh, I have to go hang out with my, like, well, it depends if they're married or not. But yeah, so it's like a lot of husbands are like, uh, gotta go hang out with the wife. I roll. Or it's like, uh, gotta go to dinner with the wife. I just feel like they, they, people make it like a chore. Like they seem like it's a mm. hassle and it's a bother to be like, oh, like I gotta go spend time with them or I have to go do this. Cause like they want to, and like you just like if you're with someone, like it shouldn't feel like a tourist. You should just want to do it because it's with that special person. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're just not surrounded by the right couples or something. But there's just a lot of fake complaining in our lives, and yeah. we look at yeah. it and we're like, oh my gosh. No, I think that's very fair. And yes, yes, especially yes. in this day and age with the whole Saturdays are for the boys movement. And it's like whenever a woman wants to stick up for herself or a man, if he's whoever, the the person and the the partner in the relationship that feels disrespected or isolated, left out, speaks up for themselves, there is kind of that stigma of, well, I don't, like, I'm going to go hang out with the boys. I don't want to hang out with you. Or I'm going to go hang out with the girls. Like, you're not invited. Well, what if they want to come? What if they want to go to the bar and watch the football game? Or they want to go get a manicure and pedicure? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it I don't know I that's me now that you say that like I never thought about that before anything of it but oh my gosh I am surrounded by couples who who do that and I never would have thought twice about it because it's just like so normalized yeah and something about it for me I always look at that and I'm like oh wow I would feel terrible if I was that person that was getting complained about because I'd be like you don't want to be with me and even though it's a joke like yeah, it's a joke, it's, but now I'm going to think about it for the like next a, two weeks until you complain about me again. Yeah, and it's really not funny because I know one of my big insecurities when it comes to men is like, am I annoying you? Am I overwhelming you? Am I being too much? Because I can be a very strong personality, as we all know. And so 
if I were to ever hear the man that I'm interested in or my partner say those words about me, it'd be DOA, relationship done, even if you're joking, because that is one my big insecurity. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it's cute. To, like, I, it's always something like, even like before I knew it was gay, I saw it was like, why do like, why do they put up with that? Like, I don't like, do you not think that like affects that other person's feelings? Like, I don't know. It's just something that's never made sense to me. I've never done it to Tia. She's never done it to me. I'd something. Or I'm like, well, if you're gonna be saying these things to me, like, we're gonna have a conversation and be like, do we need to break up? Like, what's going on here? Like, it's not cute. It's not funny. What's your next tip for us? My fourth one is to focus on the little things. So I know I made a big deal or I said something earlier about like, you know, be romantic, like do what you want. But like, it's also just about like, you know, paying attention to the little things that like make your partner happy, make them feel special. Like I cannot focus and like clutter and like mess. And it makes me like really anxious. And like Tia, like in the mornings, like if she comes over and sees like my bed isn't made, we'll like pull the covers over or like, like I like to have things put away a certain way and she'll like make an effort to put things back or like she'll pick up and it's like things like that like mean the absolute world to me and like really just shows like me that she really does love and like care for me and it just makes me feel like so much special like every day even if it's not her like writing me a love letter like it's just her way of saying like I love you without saying it I I love that yeah I was gonna say my my love language is like for both giving and receiving is acts of service so I definitely I think that that's great because I think that's something that a lot of times goes like under the radar um, because it's not such a like big grand gesture of like, oh, I just bought you a diamond ring. It's, you know, I took your car to get gas for you because, you know, if you're afraid of the gas station or because you don't like getting gas. Um, And I think that's super important to also recognize and appreciate. Mm-hmm. But don't get confused that we still want the diamond ring, <laughs> heart shape, two emeralds, platinum band. Don't Correct. get confused. We hey, are man, you tell them. You let them know. I'm letting them know. I'm putting the word out there. That is what I would lie. <laughs> but it's up for negotiations. We can always take a bigger stone. <laughs> of course of course i got a fat finger you can't walk out here look some of these people that are getting engaged i can't see it it's so tiny <laughs> if you can't afford a nice ring you don't need to be putting a ring on anyone's finger okay. go get a gemstone of a lower quality do not come out here with a quarter carat yellow diamond my ass you will get a no thank you get back up try again in six months because that's embarrassing correct my my rule is whenever i do hopefully become engaged that man better be talking to mary beth before he gets down on his knee because she needs to clear that ring first (laughs) don't embarrass yourself (laughs) exactly but anyway i'm i'm causing trouble where trouble does not need to be caused what's the final tip you got for us kelly and my final tip is if you don't get an automatic yes, assume it's a no. And that applies for every situation that you are thinking about right now. Every single one that is running through your head. That's, that's So you're telling me the absence of a is a no? Yes. If there's any slight hesitation and you can tell that your partner's uncomfortable, that they want to, whatever you're thinking of, it's a no. Assume it's a no unless they give further reasoning. But just, you know, just on the safer side to make sure everyone is comfortable and happy interesting i think that's a good one to end on because i also think when we think of abuse in the many forms that it takes we always tend to leave out relationship dating Mm -hmm. violence 
And we only really think of it whenever you see the woman who's being, you know, hauled away by a support group and being taken to a safe, safe self shelter somewhere. Like there are steps that lead to that. And the lack of a yes is a no. And I think that's something that our generation especially struggles with because we are poor communicators, one might say. So we're not always comfortable asking the question of, are you okay with this? How does this make you feel? Can I do this? And if someone shrugs or goes, "Mm, I guess, I guess this is not equal. Yes. That's a yellow light, which is not a green light, which is a red light. So stop. Correct. I 100% agree with that. I fully agree with that. And I think that we should also make sure to extend this and that it's, that doesn't just apply to like sexual things that can be like asking if your partner like is comfortable with you reading their poetry that they're working on or seeing some of their artwork and it's like it goes with all boundaries you know if it's not a if it's not a yes then it's a no I think it's also important to have that conversation about boundaries and really what you're comfortable like in what information within your relationship you're comfortable with sharing with your partners with sorry with about your partners with your friends because I know for me I am known to be a little socially awkward, one might say, and I tend to miss signals and hints, and it doesn't really occur to me until I'm retelling the story, the story or the situation to someone, and they're like, "That was a hint." Hello, <laughs> clear That's neon signs, <laughs> like clue in, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> correct." So I think that's important, too, because people have different limitations on what they're comfortable with being public knowledge or being semi-private and then just between the two of you. And I know that can really escalate situations fast. Yeah, if you need to talk about boundaries, that goes back to point one, which is communicate. You know, everything's a big cycle. I really thought this one through. No, you really (laughs) You really really did. did. You really came out here swinging. So... If, do you have any more hint, any more tips for us to take these zeros to heroes? Nope, those were my five tips. Do you, do you have anything you'd like to input? Be happy, chase happiness, man's woman. Be happy, everyone in between. Happy, chase happiness. Oh gosh, <laughs> y'all are. Welcome. I love that. So okay, so we want to kind of clue you guys in. So this next three episodes, Brooke and I are doing what I have called a mental all. So basically. To loop y'all in, we are inviting two men in our lives in to answer this set of questions. I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but it's called 36 Questions That Lead to Love. Love. And there's three sets of 12 in these 36. And basically, as you go on, the questions get deeper and deeper. And it's supposed to really show like vulnerability between you and your partner. And you two are familiar with the two gentlemen that we're having on. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think? Like, what do you think we're going to get from these guys? Do you think they're going to be honest with us? Or do you think they're going to lie? Like, what should we look for? Like, how do you think this is going to go? So I'm the one that always assumes the best in people. So I'm (laughs) going to say, I'm hoping they're going to be honest and they're going to have a little soft spot. They're going to have a little soft spot in their heart for y'all and be honest with you but kelly 
I, yeah, no, I have no faith that men going to want to especially talk about their feelings somewhere public. Everyone can listen to. I am all for calling them out. And because if you especially since you know them and you have interactions, you probably can tell when they're telling the truth to you. You can probably tell when they're lying or like just, you know, I would just be like, I don't think you're being completely honest. They're like, are you sure? And if they say yes, then guess what? That's on them. And they can be like known as a liar. But I would I would hold them. I would just call them out. Like I am very straight up and honest and that's what i would do okay call them out so i do to to give a taste i do want to ask y'all one of the questions that we have a set set aside for the gentleman next week if y'all are comfortable with that yes ask away okay so as i mentioned there's going to be the three sets of 12 right so the question i'm asking is from set two so set one is really supposed to talk about kind of the surface level interactions and similarities that you want between you and your current or potential significant other. And then kind of, again, a surface level higher view of how really your childhood and your young adulthood life has really formed you into the way that you think and process and view love and relationships. And then the second one, which is where I'm going to ask y'all's questions from, is really more kind of a little bit deeper and asking more about like your upbringing and how you think that your family impacted the way that you love, that you give love and you receive love. And then how do you think, like, how do you think love plays a role in your life? And do you have a space for that? Do you not have a space for that? So the question I want to ask y'all, it's kind of simple, but I want to hear your thoughts. So what roles do you think love and affection play in your life? I love this question, by the way. I think it's very telling, even of a person, even though it is a simple question. You're gonna have a give. You're gonna have to give me a minute. I'm stumped. You said roles, and I went, "What the heck? Hold on, I have to think about my answer." They're good questions. That's what I'm saying. I was looking these up because they went viral a couple years back, and when Brooke and I really wanted to start this series, we were like, "How can we show and give men the opportunity?" to be vulnerable and to show the diversity amongst men and the way that they think and the way that they approach it. And so when we were talking about it, cause we do quite a bit of stomping on men and their lack of sophistication and relationships. And I was like, this is perfect because this is their chance to get different guys who have from different backgrounds with different identities who approach relationships differently to voice themselves. Okay. I I think I will take the lead. Are you okay with that? If I take the lead? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I grew up in a Hispanic household, and we're all very big hugs, very big kisses, you know, always, like, very, like, affectionate, you know, always out there. And I think that definitely plays a role for me. I T and I don't really like to show a lot of, like, PDA out there. Like, the most you'll probably see, like, if you're hanging out with us, is, like, we're holding hands or, like, of my hand on like her leg or around her or something like that. But I – Or we're mar- wearing matching shoes. Yeah, you know, as one does. And <laughs> – I think, like, there does come a point where it's, like, I just, like, I, like, one of my, like, I think my biggest love language is, like, personal touch. Like, I really just like to be, like, have, like, my head on her, like, holding hands, like, be cuddling or something. And I, definitely for me, it's, like, when it's just, like, her and me, like, just hanging out. Like, I just, like, like to be touchy. Like, I like to be, like, I just like to be near her. I like to have, like, my leg touching her leg. Like, just something. And there's definitely, like, times during the day, like, if we're out somewhere and, like, it hits a certain time, she could definitely tell, like, uh... Kelly's getting needy, which is like 100% what it is. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not getting needy. But like, I just want to like, you know, kind of be held or like, just kind of just like feel her skin against my skin. 
so it's very like not super public but like it's definitely like there and like it's important like to me and especially that's just how i was raised you just always greet someone with a hug and a kiss like very like comfortable like next to each other and i think the role that love plays for me in my life right now it makes me feel like i have a sense of belonging and i feel very at home with kelly even though i'm like a thousand miles away from home or whatever i feel like loved (laughs) and cared for and at home and I don't feel out of place because I've spent a lot of my life feeling out of place but I just feel like I'm where I need to be and I think love helps me feel more calm and centered and yeah it's nice being in love (laughs) it is nice being in love I think that is a perfect way for us to close and end the episode um so thank you tia and kelly so much for coming on and for talking with us today i hope you all had a great time yeah we had i had a fantastic time so thank you so much yeah this was a really good time all right well everybody make sure to tune in next week as we will have the mentel all episodes and we drop weekly podcasts on every platform that you listen to and make sure to check out our instagram at these are the facts podcast I hope you all have a great night. Thank you.